Topaz, he wailed. He cried so loudly that at first he didn't hear what Gino was saying. But suddenly his head seemed to clear and Gino's words came into focus, loud and unmistakable. She's alive. She's alive. Harry, come quick. She's breathing. Topaz is alive. Welcome to Chronosphere Fiction. This is your pilot, Daniel French, bringing you part three of our young adult story from Patricia Keeler. Harry the Hamster goes to Venice. You just heard where we left off. Let's hear where it goes next. Topaz was alive, for now, but her wound was deep, her breathing shallow, and she was still unconscious. All of the mice gathered round their injured friend, and an eerie hush hung over them like a mist. Harry made his way through the crowd and bent over his little friend. Will she survive? Gino sighed deeply through his nose. It's hard to say. We'll move her into a quiet room, dress her wounds and give her water. We'll do the best we can, Harry. Be sure that you do. Harry watched as six elderly mice broke away from the group and surrounded Topaz. Between them, in two lines of three, they hoisted the unconscious mouse up onto their shoulders like a coffin, and as they carried her away, the crowd parted to let her through. You win, said Harry to Gino, watching his little friend being carried away. I'll fight the rats. I'll make them pay. For the rest of their lives, they'll regret the day that they dared to lay a claw on Topaz. What will you do? But Harry had climbed up onto an overturned fruit crate and had turned to address the whole palace of mice. Listen up! The crowd was still chattering amongst itself, but Harry stayed standing and soon murmuring, and be quiet, the hamster is going at the dark, could be heard. In next to no time, they had all settled down and were giving their full attention to Harry. Listen up! Today, once again, Nero and his gang of rat pirates have attacked the mouse palace. They stole your food, damaged your home, and killed and wounded your family and friends. The crowd was struck to absolute silence as Harry laid down these difficult truths. This was not the first time that the rats have done this. And you all know... Even better than I do that it won't be the last. The crowd nodded and murmured to itself. Yes, they knew all right. They knew only too well. Next time, said Harry, pointing his paw into the mass of little gray faces and letting it drift from mouse to mouse. It could be you that is carried away like topaz. Or you, or you. Oh yes, murmured the mice. They knew, they knew. We must fight we must all join together and stand up to the rat pirates. We must fight them and drive them out of Venice once and for all. Yes, cried the crowd. Out with the rat pirates. We will fight them. 
We will beat them. But wait, came a scratchy voice from below the crate where Harry stood. It belonged to Mario. How can we defeat them? The rats are much bigger, much stronger, and much, much more cunning than we are. We wouldn't stand a chance. The crowd was suddenly hushed. Then Gino spoke up. We outnumbered the rats. They are stronger and bigger, but there are more of us. Yes, and not only that, we can build weapons and shields and use them to take on the rats and their claws. Weapons? What weapons? Why, we can use the knives and the forks that the humans of Venice throw away, of course, said Harry, and looked into the crowd of mice for approval and encouragement. But the mice were unsure. Make our own weapons, they said. No, it would never work. It will work. Just yesterday, I built my very own gondola from what the humans throw away. I used an old shoe for the hole and matchboxes for the seats. Why stop there? We can turn more of their rubbish into whatever we want. We can use their forks as pitchforks, their knives as swords, and their toothpicks as spears. The mice were silent, but a few of them were nodding. Yes, they could see it now. If they had weapons to fight with, like the rats had their claws, then maybe... Just maybe, they would stand a chance. But Mario still refused to be convinced. There may be more of us, and we may very well be able to fashion some simple weapons. But they are huge rats. I will always be stronger than us mice. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Our only option is to flee this palace. We must accept our fate and just be thankful that we can live here with our lives. Mario's words struck a note of truth within the mice. They had all known someone, a brother, sister, a friend, a parent, who had fallen by the deadly claws of the rat pirates. For a moment it felt like Harry had lost them. He could almost feel the fear that Mario's words had opened up within them, and indeed one or two mice at the back of the crowd had turned their backs on him and were walking away. No! Harry yelled. We must fight them, and we must defeat them. Where will you go if you leave here? Will you sleep in the drains, out on the streets? And who's to say that the rat pirates will let you alone, even if you do leave? Because they won't. You all know they will continue to terrorize us like the cowards they are. So go. Leave now, and every life that has been lost amongst you to these Godless bullies will have been for nothing. But stay and fight, and every mouse that has ever fallen will live again in all your hearts. For a moment there was silence. But then one mouse started to clap. Then another joined in. Then another, and another. And soon the whole palace was applauding Harry and cheering his name. and defeat the rats. And one by one, a little flame ignited behind each of the little rodents' eyes, and all of a sudden they were no longer a shamble of frightened mice. They were loud, and they were brave. They were an army. Harry climbed down from the fruit crate. You've done it! You have united us against the rats! You're one of us now, Harry. Yes, I suppose I am. But where did Mario go? 
you wandered off as you were giving your speech. He's a sulker and he doesn't like to lose. But don't worry about him. You made the rest of us believe, Harry. For the first time in our lives, we believe we can defeat the Rat Pirates. Even so, we can't do it alone. The next day, Harry sent out all the mice to gather as many knives, forks, toothpicks, and anything else that could be turned into either a shield or a weapon as they could find. Yes, sir, they said to Harry after he'd given them their orders. We'll make sure we do a good job, sir. Harry, too, set out into the alleyways and canals of Venice, but it wasn't supplies and weapons he was looking for. It was the cats. Now this may seem like a rather foolish thing for a lone little hamster to be doing. After all, cats and rodents are sworn enemies no matter where one is in the world. But Harry had a plan. Nevertheless, no matter where he went, he just couldn't find them. All day long he strolled up and down the canals, and he was beginning to think that he would have to return to the mouse palace without having completed his task. But then he heard a mewing. The sound seemed to somehow be coming from somewhere close and far away at the same time. It was like he was hearing the echo rather than the sound itself. Harry stopped and listened hard, turning his head to the side and opening up one of his ears as wide as he could. The noise was rather like the squeak his hamster wheel made back home, only it was a longer, slower sound. Harry leaned his ear into the noise once more. Yes, he said to himself, it's coming from above coming from one of the balconies. He looked up. Above him was a beautiful white Venetian terrace with many windows and balconies, all with plant pots on the ledges spilling cascades of red, white, and yellow flowers down the walls. Now Harry was a hamster, and that is to say that he was a rodent. And like all rodents, he was very good at climbing. And so gripping onto the wall with his little paws, he had no trouble whatsoever pulling himself all the way up to the very balcony that the sound was coming from. When he reached it, he was met by a very strange sight indeed. Between two plant pots, each trickling red flowers out over the ledge, he found Thomasina lying flat on her stomach and weeping into her paws. She hadn't noticed Harry, who now didn't know whether to speak to her or not. What's wrong? He said at last, thinking that if ever there is a good time for a hamster to speak to a cat, then it may well be when the cat is upset and feeling altogether vulnerable. Thomasina lifted her head, but made no move to attack Harry. Go away. Go away now, or I'll eat you up and use your bones for toothpicks. But no sooner had she said this than she buried her face back between her paws and continued to weep. Harry now approached Thomasina very slowly and tentatively. After all, as upset as Thomasina was, she was still a cat, and could indeed very easily tear Harry to shreds and gobble him up if she wanted to. What's wrong? He asked again, this time gently stroking her paw as she wept. It's Nero, sobbed the cat, seemingly too upset to mind a hamster being so close to her. He has taken my kittens and he won't give them back. Very softly, Harry posed the question that he had come to ask her. Thomasina, if I could help you rescue your kittens, would you leave the mice of Venice alone? The cat didn't even pause to bat a whisker and answered Harry's question immediately. 
Oh, yes! Anything! I'll do anything for my kittens. Would you fight with my army of mice rather than against us? Would you help us rid these canals of Nero and his evil gang once and for all? Yes. If we can see off all the rats, I will join forces with you. And I will get my two friends, Bianca and Polo, to join the battle as well. But how? How are we going to defeat them? Don't worry about that. I've got a plan. And sitting up and giving Harry her full attention, Thomasina listened as the hamster explained to her his tactics for the upcoming battle. Back at the Mouse Palace, Harry had all the mice gather round to congratulate them on all their hard work. Well done, everyone. I see that you all have had a good day gathering. We now have swords, shields, spears, and even matches that we can use as torches. I say again, well done. Well done. I too have been out gathering today. Though not weapons and supplies, but allies, friends will help us defeat the rat pirates. Who? came the mutterings from the crowd. Who would want to help us mice? The cats. The cats, Thomasina and her two friends, have agreed to help us. There was a faint mumbling of disbelief amongst the mice, and more than a little fear and horror. What is this hamster gone and done? Then Mario spoke up. The cats! The cats! You're mad! No, Mario, I am not mad. The rats have Thomasina's kittens. She has agreed that if we help her get them back, she and her friends will leave the mice of Venice in peace forever. As usual, Mario was not convinced. You are mad! And what's more, you'll be the death of us all! We cannot trust cats! We can trust them. And we're going to have to. We can't fight the rats alone. Even with our weapons, they are still too big and too strong. The cats will turn on us. They will chew us up and spit us out. No, they will keep their word. And what's more, the rats will not suspect it. We will have the upper hand. The mice liked the sound of this. Yes, they said amongst themselves. Not even the cunning rats could be prepared for cats and mice standing and fighting together. But Mario refused to believe. I say out with you! A hamster cannot lead mice! Get out! Get out! And he started towards Harry's fruit grate, shaking his fists furiously. Gino stopped him in his tracks. No, Mario! Harry's right! But he's just a hamster! He shouldn't even be allowed here! Come on, all of you! Let's banish this intruder! But by now the mice were on Harry's side. They all stood silently and stared at Mario. We trust Harry! Someone shouted from the crowd. He's a wild mouse, said someone else. We don't care that he's a hamster, shouted a third. Mario stood shaking his head in disgust. Then may all of you fall down where you stand and he turned and left the mouse palace, grumbling and spitting as he walked.
was to the morning of the fight. In the Mouse Palace, the mice got themselves organized and kitted out for the battle. Gino acted as Major General and made sure that every mouse had a shield, a weapon, and most importantly of all, the valor to fight. Any of you who feel that you do not have the courage to take on the rats, please speak up now, he said to them as they gathered round to collect their armaments. This feud will not be settled today without bloodshed. There will be wounds, there may even be death. We will need some of you to stay here and nurse the injured. Do I have any volunteers? At first, no one answered. But then the six elderly mice that had carried Topaz away on their shoulders stepped forward. Oh, we will do it, said Pepe, the leader of the group. We are too slow to fight these days anyway. Bring us the wounded and we will do our duties here at home. Thank you. Are there any more that do not feel up to the challenge we face? The rest of the mice remained silent. They're good luck, comrades. You all know the plan. When the clock strikes one, the rats fall down. Let battle commence at one. Now, thought Gina to himself, where's the head? Harry was down by the canal, sitting on the edge with his feet dangling over the side. His head was slumped between his shoulders, and his ears were flattened down. He'd just come from the chamber where Pepe and the elderly mice had taken Topaz to be nursed, but there was no change to her health. She was still unconscious, laying flat on a straw bed the mice had made for her, her whole body wrapped in a white bandage. Harry had wanted to sit with her a while, but Mario had soon turned up and demanded that he leave. Get out of here! Go on! Leave my sister alone! You've brought her enough trouble already! Harry, reluctantly, had done what he was told. He hadn't realized that Topaz was Mario's sister, and felt for the first time like he was doing nothing but being an interference. He didn't want to leave Topaz, but more importantly, he didn't want to cause any disturbance that might disrupt her rest. All he wanted was for his little friend to have all the peace and quiet she needed in the hope that she might get better quickly. But what if she doesn't get better? Harry asked now to the canal. Beneath him, the beautiful gondolas continued to slip by. Little waves peeled off their bows and eventually broke against the canal wall, splashing Harry lightly against his feet. They made Harry remember his first day in Venice, when the speedboat had caused that enormous wave that had nearly washed him away. The thought made Harry sigh into his chest. How his life had changed since then. How had his simple hunt for adventure turned into a battle for Topaz's life? And how had it happened that a little pet hamster from England could now be leading an army of mice in Venice? What was more, someone had even pinched his gondola. The speedboat was still there, moored up outside the mouse palace. But next to it, where Harry had tied up his little boat he'd made from a shoe, was just an empty space. Harry closed his eyes and shook his head. Cheer up, little fella, came a voice all of a sudden from beneath Harry's feet. It might never happen. Harry peered over the edge into the water below him. Looking back at him were two pairs of little black eyes that belonged to a duo of water voles. The voles were each wearing a little waistcoat upon their backs, one blue, one crimson. They were standing on a narrow stone ledge at water level. Harry had never noticed the ledge before, but it ran all along the canal on both sides. Who are you? asked Harry. 
Why, I'm Mr. Vole, said the Vole in the blue waistcoat. And this here's my wife, Mrs. Vole. How do you do? How do you think he does? Look at the state of him. I never seen a sadder face in all my years. I was only asking the poor boy. What's your name, son? Harry the Hamster. Ooh, a hamster. How exotic. I don't think I've ever met a hamster before. Of course you haven't. Hamsters live in Spain. In Spain? Oh, Dad, don't you silly bulb. They live in trees around the North Pole. I come from England, actually, and I'm starting to wish that I'd stayed there. Oh, dear. Been having trouble with the cats, have you? No, not the cats. It's the rat pirates. They attacked the mouse palace and injured a very close friend of mine, and I don't know if she will survive. Oh, the rat pirates. Now, they are a vicious lot. Still, they don't bother us, do they, Mrs. Vole? No, they don't. We keep ourselves to the water, see? The rats can't stand the water. <laughs> they hate it even more than the cats. Really? That is interesting to know. Oh, yes. Absolutely terrified of water, our rats. They can't swim, see? Yeah, I tell you. Those mice could find a way of dropping all the rats in the canal. they probably win the battle this afternoon. The battle? How have you voles heard about the battle? Oh, we hear everything we do. No one notices us down here by the water's edge, but we hear all the chatter goes on up where you are. I could tell you all sorts of secrets about the folks that live around here. Like there's this one silly mouse I heard the other day who thinks he's going to be a gondolier. <laughs> You ever heard such nonsense? That wasn't a mouse, that was me. But never mind that. What have you heard about the battle? Oh, nothing much, really. Only that cats are apparently joining forces with the mice. Sounds daft to me, but uh, that's what I heard. Who was saying this? Why, a little gray mouse. He was telling that giant rat Nero all about it. That cats were going to ambush the rat pirates in the battle for the palace. Telling the rats. Who was telling them? Who was this mouse? Oh, uh, now, I don't know any of the mice by name. But what did he look like? I couldn't tell you that either, Harry. My old eyes ain't what they used to be. It doesn't matter. I know exactly who it was. And leaving Mr. and Mrs. Wall scratching their heads at this strange hamster who asked so many questions, Harry turned and ran as fast as he could back to the mouse palace. As soon as he arrived, Harry ran straight for Topaz's room, planning to confront the traitor face to face. He barged past Gino, who was giving out the last of the orders to the congregated mice, and burst through the door of Topaz's chamber. But she wasn't there. Only Pepe and his five friends were in the room, preparing the beds for any mice wounded in the battle. Where is he? Where's Mario? At first, the mice were too shocked to speak. Harry had exploded upon them so suddenly and with such force that they had thought he was a rat pirate come to tear them apart. Where's Mario? And what's he done with Topaz? They've gone, said Pepe. Topaz started to wake up and Mario took her out of here. Where? I don't know, he didn't say. Behind Harry, Gino had now come into the room. Harry, what's going on here? Where's Topaz? Mario's a traitor. That's what's going on here. He's told the rats about our plans. The rat pirates know about the cats. 
Gino's ears immediately stiffened. His eyes widened and his whiskers twitched. But how? How do you know this? The water voles. They overheard Mario telling the rats everything. They know about the cats, and no doubt they know about our battle tactics as well. He sold us down the canal. But wait, did the voles actually see that it was Mario talking to the rats? Well, no, but I know it was Mario. Who else would have done such a thing? Gino slowly shook his head as he thought about this. No one. You're right, Harry. It was Mario. He had to be. I know. And now the wicked little traitor has taken Topaz and escaped. But what are we to do? Asked Gino. But before Harry could answer, the grandfather clock chimed out loudly through the mouse palace. It was one o'clock and time for the battle to commence. Looks like there's going to be a fight coming up. But that's it for this episode of Harry the Hamster Goes to Venice. Next episode is the finale. So keep a lookout for the final episode of Harry the Hamster Goes to Venice. Written by Patricia Keeler. The voice of your narrator and Harry, Gino. Mario and Nero is Blake Benley. The voices of Topaz and Thomasina is Caitlin Curtis. Music is by Andrew Manos and Daniel French at Fishbonius Sound Design. Production, editing, mixing, sound effects, and mastering are by Daniel French at Fishbonius Sound Design, the grandfathered master of Chronosphere Fiction. Please become a patron by going to patreon.com slash chronosphere or Venmo at Fishbonius. So keep a lookout for the final episode of Harry the Hamster Goes to Venice. Keep your cosmos, please! please.